Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. Say, senor. It's a dimly lit room, you know where? Deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today on Tuesday, Little Wednesday, I like to call it, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Rioting and looting. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Protesting. And why is that our general manager? Well, there's a fair amount of it in the Minneapolis-St. Paul greater metro area of the uh, yesterday in the wake of the tragic accidental shooting of that young man by the police yeah, the well, protesters protested the injustice by emptying liquor stores we'll have to talk about that later that was uh the main ingredient of that story broke right when we were getting off the air yesterday so we didn't get to talk about it big finish here yes Um, I'm really Are you into, the ginger assassin? I'm really into pro bowling calls now. That's my new thing. <laughs> Good. I'm gonna start, Good thing. I'm going to start buying <laughs> NFTs of pro bowling calls. That's what I'm going to invest in. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> bowling highlights. <laughs> Some- Oh, gone crazy. Do we have the ginger that one right assassin? there? That just that just sold for seventy five thousand dollars. That one right there. I'm not sure everybody's heard the ginger assassin. The seven ten split, it's rarely seen in pro bowling. It's practically never. Three times in the history on TV. <laughs> it's coming up any minute now. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right through the face, leaving the seven ten. The seven ten only been made on television three times in the history of professional bowling. Word. On TV. Come on, kid, do it. Oh, he did it! He did it! He, did it! he got the seven ten, Randy! Oh, he did it! My goodness, the ginger assassin just dropped the 710. You bet, kid. You bet. The Def Leppard really makes it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the, the final. The that's the key to the clip, really. Yes, de la resistance. <laughs> so I bought an NFT of that for $15,000 yesterday. That's, that's a great investment. Get in early. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm just waiting for it to grow in value. You know, that young man is skilled, no doubt, and he's uh, he's got an iron nerve. I'm sure he's great at his job, but pro bowlers make pro golfers look like linebackers. That is the sport for the doughy. <laughs> what? <laughs> he is a doughy fellow. I haven't fella. checked in on pro bowling in many decades. I don't know if they... <laughs> if he's the ginger assassin, there aren't a lot of assassinations. I mean, he, I don't think he can catch you in a, you know, a run. So the shot that everybody wants, the vaccine everybody wants, the one that uh, Sean got, the one shot Johnson and Johnson. That's that's the one we're all hoping to get. We're pausing it in the United States. That's a drag. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's worth talking about why, and it's worth probably as usual counterbalancing the uh, moronic and inaccurate and sensationalistic uh, coverage in the mainstream media. FDA announced a pause. So if you had, uh, if you were scheduled to get it, like if this pause had happened a week ago, would Sean have not been able to go in and get his shot? Is that the way it works? Uh, you just yes, yeah, I believe so. Huh, that stinks. Uh, yeah, we will have to talk about that later. 
Um, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. Pro bowlers know that. And that's why we introduce everybody in the squad. There's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, wearing those wrist thingies that bowlers wear to protect his wrists. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. You know, golfers, i got to admit, they always have the most beautiful wives. What about pro bowlers? Do they have groupies? I've never seen, you know, groupie. Do they have people that chase you know, them around? They're probably nice Midwestern girls who baked them an apple pie. Would you like a pie, dear? I mean, I've always seen NBA and NFL, you know. But. My, my uh, bowling alley experience is there's a lot of beer being drank. Uh, That's just, just my experience. I, I think uh, bowler groupies are probably the most wholesome groupies in all of entertainment and sports. <laughs> there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing quite well. I will uh, read this from Nate Silver's uh, Twitter account uh, regarding the J&J pause. Why did the FDA recommend the pause anyways? Because of a combination of fancy pants uh, phrases that would be distracting, they greatly overweight the importance of rare adverse effects relative to people dying from COVID. Mm. The incidence of this uh, blood clot problem is less than one in a million. And I have been digging, and I haven't yet found it. Uh, what incidence do you expect in the general public of this to happen? Uh, I don't know. Um, we can talk about that more in a bit, but it's an incredibly rare side effect. Man, we like things to be safe in, oh, our, yeah. in America. And if yeah. they can't be perfectly safe, then you can't play on it, you can't use it, you can't buy it, you can't take it. Even though, in many cases, living your life that way is far less safe than taking the one in $1.2 million chance on something. Mm. I know, it's it's the worship of safety. It makes me crazy. Yes, Sean? Uh, one more uh, tweet about this subject. I am extremely skeptical of the ability of public messaging to uh, disaggregate the J&J vaccine is under review as a precaution from the J&J vaccine is not safe and uh, yeah. and others may not be either yeah, I, in the I minds of normal him. people. An incredibly crucial high-stakes test for the press. That's I what I said. Just a lot bigger words. This is... Uh, yeah, I um, should have said disaggregate. I apologize. <laughs> this is another high-stakes test for the press, and they will fail. Yes. Oh, please. And uh, because we failed everything. Well, Please. Well, well, for one thing, yesterday, if you had taken in, if you took in cable news, you were under the impression, they wanted you to be under the impression, that every cop and or bystander is uh, at the other end of a gun in America. Mm-hmm. The sort of things that happen every day in the United States, if you follow big city news, the the the, the crime blotter. Right. They took a couple of them from the United States, put them all back to back yesterday. Every cable news show I watched and acted like, you know, that th- 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 there's some major change happening. And there's not. Right. Right. It's easy to build a narrative. Yeah. You, you cherry pick. Sure. It's frustrating because the it, narrative is also off- often uh, something very destructive. But we'll talk about that more later. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, April 13th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, disaggregating ourselves from the foolishness of the media at Mark. There's no 28th Amendment guaranteeing the right to pee in a trough at a Mets game next to a guy bragging how he once met Wally Backman at a Denny's in Las Vegas. Refused to take a picture with me. Told me to go to hell, threw a plate of waffles at me. That's the kind of attitude we need on this team right now. Don't worry about what it was. It's a non sequitur. I didn't follow that. It was a funny thing. There's no constitution about urinal troughs. I don't know. Don't worry about it. Ever forward. I'm a big fan of the trough myself. Um, I hate the trough. It's What am I, a horse? If I'm at a bar that doesn't have a trough, it's too fancy for me. (laughs) We're going out separately. 
What? Uh, how's the mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. Uh, praise, criticism, insight, mirth. I, I I recognized the other day the only bars I've ever really liked in my life uh, and burger joints don't have paved parking lots. Mm. That's kind of like where I draw the line on whether I'm going to like the place or not. If you have pavement or cement parking lot, it's probably not my place. Old simple Jack. Folks, isn't he? They probably require reservations there. I want dirt and gravel and a Isn't cloth. he charming, everybody? <laughs> I, I demand my watering hole have at least 10 to 12 drinks that end in eeny. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll not be graced by my patronage, sir or madam. End in eeny. <laughs> anyway, we got a bunch of different news to catch you up on. That's what we do. Excellent. And, Excellent. Uh, I don't so. know. <laughs> I know. And, and, hey, we've only talked about the, the garbage going on on our domestic shores. How about overseas? Oh, boy. you got Russia getting all the rest of China clearly about to jump ugly. So the Wall Street Journal, their front page big story today is all about China, and I highlighted it all last night while I was in bed because it's really interesting stuff. Where we are with the Biden administration and uh, and she. And, is and, is that the one about uh, China has said, hey, we're equal? Yeah. We're, we're equals. Yeah, yeah. Really good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, all that on the way. Stay with us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I was just reading this story in the USA Today from yesterday about how in a lot of parts of the country they can't give the vaccine away. Yeah. They got yeah. The hospitals, clinics, they got it. Nobody's showing up. Um, it's interesting what various groups are not getting the shots. 40% of Marines have not re- have refused to get the vaccine, according to polls. Yeah, I dug into that, and it was a wide variety of reasons, too. It was, uh, you know, I think these reporters ought to read each other's stories. Because I, uh, in the last 24 hours, I read a, uh, a very, very heartfelt piece about how there's uh, not enough equity. Too many white people are getting the vaccine, not enough uh, underprivileged groups, blah, blah, blah. Then I read another story about how a lot of these so-called underprivileged groups, they don't want it. (laughs) Right. Maybe two reporters ought to get together and write one article that's not a load of crap. Ah. Just a suggestion. Mailbag. Continuing on our fascinating, freedom-loving quotes of the day from the great Voltaire, Enlightenment thinker. Lived around the same time as the founding papas. Shared a lot of their ideas about natural rights and and uh, how man should be free. Good stuff. A couple of quotes for him, from him. The longer we dwell on our misfortunes, the greater is their power to harm us. Yeah. Mm. That's at the basis of most religions, self-help. Uh, everything. The longer we dwell on our misfortunes, the greater is their power to harm us. On the other side of that coin, it is not inequality which is the real misfortune. It is dependence. Who are you to argue with Voltaire? Moving along. I'm a lot better than I used to be about uh, if something bad happens or is happening. Just what are you going to do? Right. Move on. These are my cards. I shall play them. Uh, let's see. Bill writes, oh, Bill sent along a link, which we have posted or are about to post at armstrongandgetty.com. It is, what is the name of this? Uh, it's like Flight Tracker. It's all the flights all over the world, uh, military and um, and civilian, 
and indicating which are the most tracked and, and where they're going. They're just really interesting to watch. It's, it's fun. But the reason he sent it, oh, it's a flight tri- flightradar24.com, which again, we are posting, but, um, an unusual number of U.S. and U.K. planes have been flying around Crimea and Ukraine. You can see a U.S. slash NATO drone fly most hours every day from Italy and all around the Ukraine-Russia border and other times the U.K. signals intelligence plane flies in similar areas. You'll know when they're up because they're consistently on the most tracked list. There are air refueling planes off in the area, too, and they wouldn't be there without something to gas up. So we, we, the uh, NATO powers, have increased our air patrols around the Crimea and Russia. Interesting. And, uh, Ukraine, yeah. Yep. And we as civilians can check that out if we want to. Yeah, that's correct. Now, some uh, of the aircraft, you click on the little icon, say unidentified. Uh, because unless UFOs. they... No, military craft. Cigar-shaped probably. cylindrical objects. No, I don't think that's the point at all. Uh, moving along, Darren in the Hills, NorCal writes, Gentlemen, what the heck? There's an indelicate phrase in this email, folks. And I apologize in advance, but Darren in NorCal, in the Hills in NorCal, you know the Hill people. A little wild, a little, uh, you know, you got the long beards, etc. He writes, what the heck? You guys used to mock AM radio ads for boner pills, and now you're pitching them with your own voices and likenesses. Does this have anything to do with Michelangelo's 46th birthday? <laughs> are, are we pitching them with our own likenesses? Uh, well, we're, we're advocating you get in touch with a fantastic service uh, that will evaluate you and your needs as a fella. Perhaps you got a little of the ED going. Now, that is, it's doctors and legitimate uh, medications, as opposed to wacky, phony, herbal this and that that never did anybody any good unless it was, you know, uh, the placebo effect. Mm. So that's the that's the difference, Darren. And if you weren't one of those wild-eyed hill people, you'd understand that. I say if you got ED, why don't you be a man? Oh, jeez, Louise. Ignore him and listen to me. Uh, get to, get that website, Hanson. What's the name of that website? I should know that. Um. Mort, Mort writes, you don't run into many guys named Mort these days. Mort's a good name. It's a damn shame. It's a sidekick from King Julian, so if Mort comes up in our house, you're going to hear, I'm Mort! (laughs) Um, Which is, uh, Conan O'Brien's sidekick is the voice of Mort. Oh, uh, Andy Richter. Yeah, Andy Richter is Mort. Did you consider... (laughs) Didn't you consider Mortimer as a a name for one of your lads? No, Mordecai. Mordecai, completely different my mistake. Name. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Mort Rice, my Lord was jack in rare form yesterday. That homelessness rant in hour three was absolutely electric. That is all. I have little memory of it. Me, I, I, I have, couldn't have told you it happened. Yeah, but, but hour you. three, though. <laughs> By God, seek out that podcast, though. Oh, I mean, it's, it's absolutely electric, we according should, to published accounts. We should sell a podcast as NFTs also. Is an email published? Yeah, published accounts. Well, uh, radio uh, broadcast accounts. Okay. All right. It's it's public. Well, <laughs> actually, the minute it goes out of our mouths, yes, there are major corporations that own that. So yes, absolutely, and yes, we should do NFTs. <laughs> uh, we absolutely. We Sean, figure out how. We'll cut you. <laughs> Let's see. Me262 writes, I'm glad you guys seem to be catching on to the dangers of corporate America wielding its economic strength to blatantly influence politics. Even Alexis de Tocqueville in Democracy in America noted that the corporate entities could become concentrations of wealth and power so large that they could behave like aristocracies, Mm. which is an interesting notion. I'll have to reread that uh, that part of Tocqueville. 
While I'm sure my prescription for a cure is much more radical than yours, I'm glad to hear you address it on your show. Well, thank you for a, a lovely email. Feel free to hit us with your prescription. That's fine. I was listening to a podcast, and there, there seems to be some uh, or, or very little agreement as to whether these companies, your Deltas, your Coca-Colas, your, your Nikes, whoever, getting active in all this stuff, is it woke-tivists in the boardroom of these companies? Or is it their perception that uh, people 18 to 49 or 25 to 54, the desired demo for all these products, mostly feel that way? Is it just, is it just being, uh, in other words, is it like they're willing to risk any something to, to try to do right in the world? At starting at the top, or are, no. they just, are they just trying to sell the most Coca-Cola to the most people, and they think that's the best way to do it? I, I absolutely believe it's the latter. I think you nailed it. And I also think, just on a practical level, you have two groups of people. I'm saying I'm the CEO of, uh, of Delta. You got one group of people who are saying, metaphorically, if you decide one way, I'll beat you to death. And the other side is saying, look, I'd prefer you do it this way, but it's up to you. You're going to kowtow to the people who vowed to beat you to death. And the woke lunatics are that angry, vicious mob. So I think corporate America figures we don't lose anything by pandering to them because the the conservatives may talk about never flying Delta again, but they're practical folks. They'll look for the best fare. They'll fly again. That's my uh, thought. I know way more lefties that won't eat at a Chick-fil-A than I do righties who won't drink a Coca-Cola, but I don't know. That's just my own anecdotal knowledge of these yeah, sorts well, of things. Well, I'll eat double the normal amount at the Chick-fil-A and <laughs> F you, huh? huh? Oh, boy. Watch out for China, says the Wall Street Journal. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Georgia authorities say three officers were wounded when the passenger of a car shot them during a police chase that ended with one suspect killed and the other arrested. It happened in Carroll County, just outside Atlanta. See, that's another example of what I was saying earlier that I felt like the cable news shows in particular were looking for any shooting that happened anywhere in America and packaging it together with other stuff and acting like there's some narrative there when a lot of these didn't have anything to do with anything. Well, I think the reason special report with Brett Baird did that is because there were three incidents yesterday where police were shot in routine traffic stops and they were trying to point out that it's dangerous work and, you know, it's not just one sided. Gotcha. Um, but we got more on all that coming up, including the, you know, the story broke right as we were getting off the, uh, the air yesterday that, that, uh, that female officer we now know, uh, thought she had her taser in her hand, not her gun, when she shot that dude up in Minnesota. And um, that's a bad deal. But that's that's horrible. More on that later. And the looting, etc. So the headline in the Wall Street Journal front page today, China's message to America, we're an equal now. And uh, that sent me scrambling, looking at uh, economic numbers over the years as I lay in bed at night. Isn't this a good way to spend your time? But... Uh, as China is the biggest world's economy by some measures, by by the measure most people use, they're second, but growing and catching up to us every single day. As going back over the decades, how recently China is in the in the in that position? It's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, looking at this list of the biggest economies, they've got the top ten listed in 1980. 
China doesn't even show up in the top ten. Wow. Including countries like Canada and Italy. China can't even compete with Canada. I'm not sure I like the way you're saying Canada. Going back very many years. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely you. amazing. And how did they <clears throat> grow that fast? With the help of the rest of the world, primarily the United States, letting them cheat and giving them all kinds of tax breaks and just doing doing anything you possibly could to give them a head start. We trying to grow. We fed them and jabbed them full of hormones like a state fair hog to try to get them big and involved in the world economy, and then they would liberalize and become a Jeffersonian democracy. Of course, they would. Even in the year two thousand, when we were uh, we were far and away the number one economy, Japan was number two, China was third, but like less than half of Japan, hmm. and barely ahead of Germany and France and Britain, as recently as two thousand. And, and what's the population of Japan? I'm saying 120 million. I don't know off the top of my head. Maybe Sean could check. um, But China's growth is so fast. It's absolutely amazing. And as they kept pointing out in this Wall Street Journal piece, go ahead, Sean. What was your guess? Why don't you just go ahead and tell me what it is? Well, because you were really close. I I just wanted to. 120 million. 121, I'm going to say. 126. Oh, well, they've had several babies recently. Um, I I wasn't invited to the shower. (laughs) One of the points that made in the Wall Street Journal that previous leaders, uh, primarily Deng, but others, their idea was bide our time, keep our head down, grow, don't make any noises, don't let people know what we're doing here. All along, their whole point has to has been to become the dominant economic and military force in the world and make the rest of the world live by their rules. That's, oh, been, their That's been their plan since 1949, but they did a really good job of hiding it from the world. And uh, Xi's the first one to, to to come out and say, you know what, we're just going to let you know what we're up to. We're going to dominate y'all, and there's nothing you can do about it at this point, so get used to it. Well, I appreciate the candor. Uh, a couple of points. Number one, Deng is pronounced dung, which brought me great delight during his entire uh, reign. And secondly, Jack, you're coming off as a doomsday clown. Oh, yeah, okay. I so only... anyway, <laughs> so from, the Wall Street Journal, quote. <laughs> from the Wall Street Journal piece, the U.S. Co- is committed to helping Taiwan preserve its autonomy. This is going to the, be the flashpoint that gets us all into a war. As uh, we've got a headline today. Where did, where did I put that? China sends 25 warplanes into Taiwan's airspace. Um, they are making it clear that uh, the goal of having Taiwan be part of China is one of their uh, major accomplishments they're going to get in, in soon. So the Wall Street Journal jumps into that with the U.S. is committed to helping Taiwan preserve its autonomy, and we've got pledges going back to 1979. And the Biden team trumpets its plan to strengthen economic and political links to Taipei, the capital of Taiwan. Mr. Xi has made reunification with Taiwan, which Beijing regards as a breakaway province, a big part of his China dream, which we've talked a lot about of national revival. China's foreign ministry says of Mr. Yang's Anchorage warning, that was back up in the meeting from a couple of weeks ago when Abe Lincoln met with the the people, (laughs) met with the people from China, not Abe Lincoln with the beard and the hat. He had nothing to do with it. You saw the confusion on my face. If only he were available. (laughs) Um, And they lectured us about what bad people they, uh, we are, but their warning included the Chinese uh, or the, um, uh, I'll just read it from the Wall Street Journal. China's foreign ministry says of Mr. Yang's Anchorage warning, the Chinese side pointed out that the Taiwan issue is related to China's sovereignty and territorial integrity and China's core interests. There is no room for compromise. No room for compromise is a pretty blanket statement. <laughs> so a little room. 
No room. And we Just a teeny bit of room? We really don't have room for compromise if we're going to stay with our agreement from 1979. Right. And, uh, you know, the noises made indicate that we will. Although noises don't mean a lot when the uh, rubber meets the road. Yeah. Who knows? Soon after the Alaska meetings, Mr. Xi inspected Fujian, the Fujian province across the strait from Taiwan. Chinese airplanes in recent weeks have stepped up incursions into Taiwan's air defense zone, including just this weekend with the 25 warplanes. I got this story in my hand. That is, uh, well, that's provocative. Admiral Phil Davidson of the United States, who heads the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, warned the Senate Arms Committee earlier in March that China could try to take control of Taiwan by the end of the decade, perhaps in as little as six years. China might act rashly, says a senior U.S. official, because of an exaggerated belief that the U.S. is a declining power. And whether it's true or not, if they believe we are, they might make them act. Relations between the countries plummeted during the Trump's administration after both sides fought a two-year trade war to a wary truce. The U.S. president blamed Beijing for unleashing the coronavirus. Because they did. Because they freaking did. The whole world blames them. And this is the Wall Street Journal. China rejected the charges and labeled Secretary of State Mike Pompeo a doomsday clown. Not the only D.C. in the room, I might add. I um, I hired a doomsday clown for my son's birthday party one time. And it just, <laughs> out, out the kids were crying. Kids were crying. Did not go over. They well. didn't even eat their cake and ice cream. How unhappy does an eight-year-old have to be to not eat their cake and ice cream? I remember you talking about that at the time, the doomsday clown. You... He said he was going to make balloon animals, but he just made balloon mushroom clouds, <laughs> balloon ICBMs, then a balloon killer virus, which was prescient. Don't don't hire a doomsday clown. Life's short that you work pretty much all of it, and then you die. All right? Any questions? <laughs> it's your doomsday clown. Exactly. With his size 15 red shoes and his... <laughs> Doom. (laughs) Back to the Wall Street Journal. After President Biden's election, academics and officials in Beijing reached out to America contacts to try to figure out whether the new administration would change course. They were quickly discouraged. Even before Mr. Biden took office, Chinese diplomats sought to schedule a high-level meeting between the two sides. People close to the matter say. Biden officials never approved the request and instead repeatedly talked about working with allies to confront China. China's concerns were reinforced in January when when Mr. Biden's choice for Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, used his confirmation hearing to declare that China had committed genocide against Uyghur Muslims in the northwest region of Xinjiang. you got to give the Biden administration points for that, folks. Yeah, you got to ab- be fair. Do. Yep. China has called the charge the lie of the century, which is a, a heck of a thing to say. The Biden team shares its predecessor's view. I like the way they keep saying predecessor instead of Trump. The Biden team shares Trump's view of China as America's greatest military, technological, and economic challenger. From the new administration's perspective, Chinese provocations never ceased. Never ceased. Beijing cut off imports from Australia over its call for an investigation into the origins of the COVID. Wow, so, just calling for an investigation gets you hammered by the dragon. Yeah, they stopped allowing uh, Australian wine, for instance, to come into the country because Australian leaders wanted to know, hey, where'd the COVID come from anyway? Total ban on delicious koala jerky. Skirmished with India over the country's Himalayan border and sought to intimidate Philippines and Vietnam ships in the South China Sea. Before that Alaska meeting a couple of weeks ago, the U.S. signaled a muscular approach. And I didn't know this behind-the-scenes maneuvering. And Biden, uh, the Biden team has not been getting much credit from the right for this. President Biden met online with the leaders of India, Australia, and Japan. Mr. Blinken and Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, flew to Tokyo and Seoul to confer with security counterpoints 
and insisted that uh, Mr. Yang and Wang fly to Alaska for the U.S.-China session rather than meeting in Asia. So Biden had his top guys in China's backyard meeting with people that we say are part of standing up to China. And when China said, we want to meet with you, even though we're right there, we say, why don't you come to Alaska and meet with us? Come Mm. to our country. Uh, We're busy. It's, you know, that's, that's, it's a gesture. Boy, it's, it's getting a little, uh, dogs sniffing each other in the parkish as uh, deciding who is actually dominant. You say you're an equal. Let's see. The day before the Anchorage meeting, the U.S. expanded sanctions against two dozen Chinese officials over the repression of Hong Kong's pro democracy protesters. Some U.S. foreign policy experts thought the Americans went overboard including Jeffrey Bader, a senior China official in the Clinton and Obama administrations, now a senior fellow at Brookings, who said, the more you assert you're not a declining power, the less convincing you are. Yeah, I don't know if I believe I that or not. Know. Yeah, that's What do you think? Iffy. I don't know. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. Uh, Mr. You Wang. have to make it. Listen, you don't want to be all talk and no action, obviously. Big talk and then fail to live up to it. On the other hand, in international diplomacy, you do have to make your intentions clear. Uh, Leaving doubt is almost never helpful unless you're bluffing. And how is it just big talk when you're clearly the world's number one nuclear power? I don't don't understand that. If I'm the biggest, toughest guy in the room, is it big talk? Nobody's going to nuke anybody, though. I really Um, believe that. So it's about conventional arms and will to use them. Mr. Wang, the foreign minister, met his Russian peer in late March, prompting the nationalist Chinese newspaper Global Times to headline, China, Russia to break U.S. hold on world order. Oof. Then he traveled to the Middle East and signed that stuff with Iran that we talked about last week. So they're getting cozy with Russia and Iran. It's a high-stakes gamble for the Chinese, says Daniel Russell, a former Obama-China official. But it's not a gamble. Uh, they are certain to lose. So both sides talking very, very big, being very, very produ- provocative. I don't see how this possibly ends peacefully. Not entirely peacefully, no. This is one of those situations where there's about five different outcomes, and at least three or four of them are equally likely. It's just it's a question of which way the wind blows, give, which way events can break. Can you give the short version of what you think they are? Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, I mean, major conflict over the South China Sea. Unlikely. But, uh, you know, uh, going overboard, provoking Taiwan, us uh, spanking them hard, economically speaking, them acting out economically, that could absolutely happen. Uh, a trading of ordinance somewhere in the South China Sea, uh, minor kind of feeling. How do they react? How do we react? That could absolutely happen. And guys could die. Ships could go down. And then there will be a hastily called international peace conference, etc. But tensions will remain. There are all Boy, sorts of possibilities. The world is not used to that sort of thing. It's been a long time since major powers have sunk ships. Yeah. Yeah, the whole Russia-China thing is really interesting just because there have been a number of little groupings like that through the years. And, oh, yeah, we need to take a break pretty quick. But um, just whenever there's a dominant world power, strange bedfellows will get together to counter that power. 
And the minute they no longer need to be together, they'll flake. I mean, we saw it with the Soviet Union and the uh, the Chinese a handful of times in the 20th century. So the whole Russia-China thing, again, strange bedfellows, we'll just have to see. Plus, Putin is getting near to 70 years old. So that's a huge He's question mark. He's the sexiest man in Russia. He just won that award last week. That's a good point. He'll probably outlive us all, too. I mean, you see him shirtless on a rhinoceros. You know, that is a man full of the zest of life. Come on. (laughs) I'm sure there's a fascinating Russian word with like 13 syllables that means the zest of life. And a lot of Ks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tremendous number of Ks. A lot of Vs. Don't hire a doomsday clown. We've got much more on the way. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the J&J vaccine is on hold in America, which sucks because that's the one everybody wants. Uh, more on that in just a second. Uh, this thing from Saturday Night Live I've watched, I think, five times, including <laughs> show it to other, showing it to other people because it's so funny. Um, what's the Asian dude's name from Saturday Night Live? He's he's He might be the funniest guy in the entire show. Um, he plays the iceberg in this bit in which he is painted kind of blue, white, and has a big uh, chunk Bowen of ice. Owen Yang is the gentleman's name. Big chunk of ice on his head. He's nice. Very bird. funny. Anyway, it goes like this. Next week marks the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. Here to explain his side of the story is the iceberg that sank the Titanic. Hi, Colin. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is always a really weird time of year for me. Thank you for being here. And what would you say, though, to the families of those who perished in the cold North Atlantic waters that night? Okay, no, these are not the questions we discussed. Okay, this is a very nice, Colin. Well, what's not nice? Sorry, I just, um, I think my publicist was very clear. I'm not here to talk about the sinking. Okay, well, what else would we be talking about? I'm here to promote my album. I just think that a lot of people might rather hear about the Titanic, you know. Oh, my God. Okay, wow. Okay, fine. You want to do this? Let's do this. First of all, you came to where I live and you hit me. (laughs) It was midnight. I was chilling. Then I hear this Irish cacophony behind me. I'm sorry, that's what it sounded like. Like, full river dance. And before I turn around and go, like, what? Half my ass is gone. Which was my best feature. And I'm literally injured, but all anybody cares about is that, like, 40 or 50 people died or whatever. Well, it was, it was 1,500 people. Why are you attacking me? You said you would be my Oprah, Colin. <laughs> I never said that. Well, someone did. <laughs> it reminds me when wow. we interviewed uh, Tanya Harding. <laughs> or a number of people over the years that are oh, famous yeah. for something bad and they want to come on and talk about their new workout routine or their book or whatever. Yeah, I'm not here to answer <laughs> questions about whacking and Nancy Kerry. That's the only reason anybody would talk to you. <laughs> Everybody's got a workout routine. Anyway, that was just a part of it. The whole thing is at our website, armstrongandgetty.com. It's pretty funny. That is very funny. Coming up, the uh, Derek Chauvin defense strategy laid out for you so you can watch it on uh, unfold or... Perhaps just, uh, you know, enjoy news highlights. Also, uh, various uh, police-involved shootings and reactions and lootings and the rest of it. 
So the deal on the J&J vaccine, the one-and-done vaccine, which Sean was privileged to get, uh, by the way, Jack, Team Moderna, so embarrassing. Many more side effects than Team Pfizer. Pfizer sucks! Moderna rocks! Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, are you trying fine. to convince us or you? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Anyway, the uh, they are calling for a temporary pause in the rollout of the J&J vaccine, which had been having uh, production difficulties anyway, because of six reported cases of a rare and severe type of blood clot in over 6.8 million J&J vaccine recipients. That is not good at division. One, Can I get those again? That's one <laughs> in every 1.33 million people reported a fairly serious side effect. Now, and were they all 80 years old? You know, it doesn't... Uh, no, actually, all six involved women between the ages of 18 and 48. Mm. And uh, the symptoms occurred between 6 and 13 days post-vaccination. What they do not make clear in this article, and I apologize, I haven't had time to go digging for this number, is what's the incidence in the uh, general population? Is it 1.13 million people as this sort of blood clot? Right. I don't know. Something tells me it's unusually high, uh, but I don't know. But this, the FDA that called for the suspension said right now these adver- adverse events appear to be extremely rare. Uh, no deaths so far. And then they get into, in Georgia, eight people experienced lightheadedness. But officials could not rule out whether heat was a factor. So in North Carolina, four people were taken to the hospital for reactions consistent with known common side effects. They're all fine. In Iowa, three people experienced extreme lightheadedness. Oh, come on. And, and listen, if you are afraid, if you're having a bit of an anxiety thing, lightheadedness is one of the, uh, one of the symptoms. So. Or you've been told by the media for months now that there are side effects to the vaccine and you convinced yourself you had something. And they might kill you. So it's one in a million. So in an effort to one avoid in 10 million. a very unlikely death from from the COVID, you're not going to get an even less likely problem from the vaccine. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Armstrong and Getty.